Well, hey there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Narrowgate Podcast. My name is Benjamin Hoover. And, well, this won't be for you guys, but for me, this is an impromptu, off-the-cuff, spontaneous uh, episode. And normally what I do is I, um, you know, get ignited with something, and I kind of piece an outline and then I write about it and then and then I platform off of what I've written and when I do the podcast episode that is um but but I felt like this was something where I needed I needed to just talk this out um before I had formally written it so I'm I'm doing the the, the cart before the horse there and uh at least sequence for me and and so i'm i'm going to write about this but i wanted to at least get these thoughts out there you know when you have something something just hits you something revelatory uh, something you can't shake it just it's it's hanging on it's nagging you'd swipe away at it but it but it just keeps coming back this is this is something that really kind of struck me this morning and so, uh, and, and, and then it, it spidered out into other thoughts and it, it, it kind of linked in some of the things that I had been uh, learning or hearing from others. And so it was just one of those things where I just, I, I couldn't, um, couldn't drag it out and wait and, and pass it up. So, uh, so here we are, a little bit of some spontaneity there. <sighs> it's good for me. Sometimes I, I wrestle with that. So... Anyway, so what I'm talking about today is communion. Now, some of you who listen, who may not be religious, um, may not believe in God, uh, you know, hopefully hold on, because you may be operating in this, whether you realize it or not, and uh, and and you may get something out of this. Um, I don't want to speak of just kind of religious, um, in a religious kind of language or... or um, uh, uh, kind of verbiage there. So I, I want to make this really relatable. <clears throat> but so anyway, communion, which is, uh, is fascinating in and of itself has often been something that I've been kind of disconnected from. And I, and I, and I don't want to just scapegoat the church here, but I'm going to, <clears throat> that I think that, uh, I, I think that we've all been in a lot of ways have been disconnected from from communion and experiencing it in fullness so anyway i was in this coffee shop this morning waiting for my friend to show up who didn't show up yes if you're listening i'm talking about you <laughs> no no grudges it was just funny he slept through his alarm he's a new dad so uh so you know makes sense to me not something i can relate to because i'm i'm not that but uh, but it definitely makes sense that that he kind of hit exhaustion and needed the sleep. So in that, I brought this book that I've been reading called The Divine Dance by Richard Rohr. And uh, he's a, a wonderful sage, just a man of great wisdom and a, a wonderful connection to God and sees, just has insights into the world, into faith, uh, that, um, that everyone needs to hear, in my opinion. So, 
um, the, so I'm reading I'm reading this particular section, and all of a sudden I'm moved by it. I mean, tears are coming up, and I'm thinking about something that a friend of mine, Brian, is talking about at at, at the church that I attend, and things just start clicking, and I'm just you know I'm tearing up in this coffee shop. I mean, tears are coming down my face. And things are starting to make a little bit more sense in regards to communion, um, in regards to other things that, that I'm starting to see, that I'm waking up to, that I'm becoming aware of. And uh, and it's it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. And, and again, you might be participating in this and not realizing it. And, and that's what I want to help bring some awareness to uh, to this meaning. Um, when you sit down and eat with people, when you uh, are are part of this relationship, this communion experience, uh, what is that? What that is really reflecting. Um, so, I want to start off with this: is that th- the way that I've begun to see life more and more is, uh, and I, I default to these words a lot: is reflection and mirror, and that all of life, in my opinion, is a reflection. It's a mirror <clears throat> communicating something uh, about something about someone, and so let me take for example um, uh, like a uh, a fruit tree. <clears throat> you know the 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 quality, the vibrancy, the nourishment of the fruit, um, it, it, the pureness of it uh, is a reflection of of one the the nutrients in the tree but it but the the or the strength the the um healthiness of the tree but that's also a reflection a mirroring of the nutrients in the dirt the watering the the energy from the sun so and, and so and then let me also connect that also to 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 our humanity that uh, the way we love is the way that we've been taught love, the way that we've been loved. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, we love in very injured ways and in wounded ways, but we're, there's still the heart's desire. Um, the objective there is to, the, or the motive is to, is to be connected. But we end up doing it in ways that are maybe consumptive, um, obsessive, anxiety-ridden. Um, we pull away when we feel hurt. Uh, you know, we we hurt, we abuse, things like that. Th- those are those are all things that, again, we've been taught, and then we're trying to get to this place of of true connectedness in in bent ways. So, so for instance, you know, a child uh, a child that is compassionate, that cares for the feelings of others, that sees someone's crying and they offer them a toy or they put their hand on the shoulder or whatever, you know, in the way that a child only knows how to speak or communicate, uh, that is a reflection of their parents caring for them, of their parents caring for their emotions, um, you know, and, and or a child that learns good self-control but can still feel emotion and can express it in a healthy way uh, and communicate that. Mom, Dad, I'm angry, right? That's a beautiful sign that the parents are uh, helping them understand their anger and then express it in ways that, um, I don't even want to say that they're just safe or healthy, but like they're life-giving. They help the child grow, connect, mature, and, and express needs. 
So, um, so all of life is a mirror and reflection and, and all of life, especially humanity is a reflection of, of divine love, a reflection of God. It says in, in scripture that, that, um, uh, in Genesis, let's make man in our image that he will be a reflection. He and she, that's what I mean, will be a reflection of, of our love, of our union, um, of us three in this, in this beautiful dance, loving dance. And so, and so, uh, and and that's powerful. And I'm going to touch on that when I, when I talk about marriage and I'm really scared to talk about all that because it's, it's a big deal. And I wanted to impact people. What I've been shown has really impacted me. It's wonderful. It's, 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 oh, I, I just, I can't wait to put it out there, but I'm also scared to, to really wrestle through this and try to grasp this and understand. So anyway, um, but I want to go back now to, to communion. Communion is a reflection of something else, um, of something greater. And so for those who don't know this, um, or maybe you grew up Catholic or you grew up in the Christian church or whatnot, or you heard about it, um, communion is this, just to simplify it, is this act where Jesus is with um, his disciples, and this is coming towards the end of his life, um, where he knows that he's going to die. Um, I imagine that the hostility and the violence uh, towards him is increasing. And here he is just sharing vulnerably this this love, God's love. And, uh, and, and people are just up in arms about it, blaspheming God, the God that they think they know, um, holding to this legalism, this right or wrong mentality, and uh, this, this piousness. And, and Jesus is confronting that by, um, by revealing this rich, transcendent love. So anyway, so he's sensing this, and, and then in this intimate time together, he, he, he breaks this bread and says, eat this, this is my body, and, he, and, then, he, and then he has wine, they drink the wine, he says, this is my blood, and this is, um, this is sealing something new, this is, this is the entryway into something new. And so, and so you know, to, to probably most of us, you know, I think even in the church, even as much as it's been explained, it's kind of like, what the, what the hell does that even mean? Um, it's such an odd gesture. It's such an odd uh, tradition. And I think, yeah, when we don't realize, when we're not aware of how the beauty of it and the meaning and the life imbued in it, then yeah, it becomes this rote tradition that we do and whatnot, and it gets misinterpreted and all of that. So, so I think the tendency of the church has been to treat communion as this is where we check our hearts and we look at how sinful we are and you know how undeserving we are of love, and that Jesus' death is is um, you know, this act of love and and you know giving love that we don't deserve and all this stuff and you know just ugh. I mean, how did we even get to that? How how did we interpret it this way? It's for me, it's it's frustrating, it's saddening, and but communion is about life. It's not about looking over at our at our shit and thinking like, God, thank God that you saved me. Um, no, it's not that at all. Um, which means one, it's important to look at the reason why Jesus died is. Um, is if you think it's 
it's this incredible, vulnerable, scary, terrifying act of love. His death was because people, fundamentalists, if you will, that um, that were scared, that were holding on to tradition and, you know, and their ego and elevating themselves and thinking that they were, they, they were above everyone and that they were, um, they were in God's good grace and love. Um, they're the ones that killed him. They're the ones that wanted him to die. And so, so here he is, Jesus, in the, in the way that he is on the cross, his arms are open wide, that this is an act of, of changing our hearts and minds towards God, that God is not this wrathful God that we have to appease, that God is this God of infinite, vast, vulnerable, overflowing love and outpouring, continuous outpouring that he's inviting us into. And so really, the death on the cross is this invitation into life, which is what happens. Jesus dies, the tomb is empty, he comes back in his resurrected form. What he's communicating there is that is that death leads to life. Dying, sometimes yes, a physical death, but even this death to the ego, death, yeah, death to, to, to that um, brings about life. That this dying process tra- is transformative. It changes us into something greater, better, um, more like God, more connected to Him, more moving and operating in life like He does, out of His like His nature. So, so that's how I see the act. Is that it's really this welcoming, this invitation into this into this otherworldly love, and so. Um, so anyway, when the, the bread and wine are representative of that, like his body is blood shed, but it's, but it's even more than that. It's what you have to then look at what his death means, which is it's, it's about inviting into life. It's about, it's about ending this, this alienation between us and God. Um, and this continual having to appease and appease and appease and appease and get it right. And, um, try to, try to, um, remedy our shame and all this stuff and just work and work and work and just we end up more disconnected and more distant and and he is eliminating that distance there's still a healthy separation um but it's not alienated we're not we're not far from him um he's here present and and jesus is is uh his death and his resurrection is creating this awakening it's it's opening people's minds or well really their hearts to uh, to this incredible, profound love. So, um, so anyway, so, so I was, I'm, I'm going to jump here. So I was reading in, in the divine dance by Richard Rohr. There was, he had quoted someone, this theologian, and I'll just read the first part because that's what struck me is uh, he, he writes this, this theologian, he says, because the Christian God is not a lonely God, but rather a communion of three persons. So we talk about, that's the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's this relationship. God is this relationship. Um, anyway, so, but rather he's a, a, a communion of three persons, that faith leads human beings into the divine communion. And that's when, like, man, I was just first filled up with with crazy emotion. And then as I read that, I I started reflecting on my friend Brian, um, who's the pastor of, of the church that I'll attend that I attend here and there. And he's on this kick about communion. 
and he's all wild about it, and you know, and he's you know often saying you know, the same thing, and and you know, and 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 his, there's but there's passion, there's excitement there. He's seen something that 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 at least for me, I wasn't it wasn't clicking. <laughs> like, and he's talking about how healing it is. Now people are being healed. Like even in the church community, there's some people when we eat bread and wine or grape juice or whatever, um, you know, there's this enigmatic. Uh, experience that starts happening, that people are being healed, and you know, and uh, and but he's he's talking about he's quoting Paul in Corinthians, where Paul is is basically kind of really confronting the Corinthians, saying like you really don't understand communion. Like some of you guys are eating and you're being full, and others are are hungry and starving, and they're not even getting any food and. Um, and, uh, you know, you're being arrogant about this and, and you're being insensitive to, to what communion, what it really means, what it really is. And that some of you are sick and, and dying. Oh, wow. That's an interesting, um, line. Like how is sick and dying? How does that connect with just eating bread and wine? Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but, but he's, uh, he's indignant and he's passionate, and he's saying, you're missing it. You don't really get it. You don't see what communion really is. Why Jesus broke this bread and this wine, and you don't see that at all. So, uh, and, and so, um, he's, 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 he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get them to see what, what is so powerful about communion? Why is it so mysteriously impactful? Why, how does that connect with people being healed? Um, you know, or, or, or not discerning it, not being aware of it. Like, how does it, how come people are dying and sick? And if we're just eating bread, if we're just drinking wine, um, but that, uh, but that's, that leads me to this. That leads me back to this, um, this my my earlier thought, which is uh, a reflection and mirroring, that um, that there's this it's it's what this theologian is saying, um, and I'll, I'll go back to this that because the Christian God is not a lonely God but rather a communion of three persons. So, right there, a communion of three persons. That's you're hearing a helicopter right now, and that's what this mic is picking up. Kind of fun action-packed. It's a cool sound effect. Anyway, so I'm going to talk through this. But, so, he's saying, this this theologian is saying um, that God is this communion of three persons. So this communion, what, what is, what does that mean then? Well, it's, it, it takes us back to who God is. That if God is three persons, that there's this exchange happening. That there's this loving flow, overflow, this emptying, receiving, emptying, receiving. It's what Jesus modeled. He emptied this love to other people. He did, and so and so he he's saying that the that the love that I'm giving to you. This is in John 15. The love that I'm giving to you is the love that I've received from the Father. This is we're talking about something so powerful, so uh, uh, so. Uh, over abundant and flowing that he wants to give this to other people. Um, 
Have you ever thought about that? Like when you are thinking about something that maybe somebody enjoys and, uh, and they don't know it yet. Like, but you, you get them this gift, uh, you know, and, um, let's just say like your, your teenager needs a car, right? And they don't know that, like they're complaining, they want a car or whatever and whatnot. And you're, you know, you're kind of, uh, you're communicating. No, it's not, you're going to have to work for it. But, but, but you, you know, like you're, you're behind the scenes in this kind of cloak and dagger way. You, you and your, your spouse or, you know, uh, are working on getting this car for your son and then you share it with him and you watch this kid light up. But why do, why is that even, what's, what's prompting that? What's fueling that? Is this, is this outpouring of love? This is, it's an act of love. And so that's what Jesus is communicating, that this love that he's, that is experienced in this Trinity, he is, he is, um, he is sharing it with others. He's inviting them into this. And so this communion of three persons is, there's some powerful, powerful love going on in there. There's this unbelievable intimacy the sharing of one another. And because of that, then there's this desire to then share that with creation. And so, um, so I had another thought, but I don't want to get too far into this because it's, again, this is all overwhelming. I'm trying to put language to this. I'm trying to understand it myself. Anyway, so, so, uh, so that, that word that he said that there, there's this communion of three persons, um, there's the sharing going on. And so bring it back to Jesus. And in Matthew 26, 26, when he's, he's uh, through 29, that is, um, when he's introducing this, this is, this bread is my body. This wine is, um, is my blood. Um, he is sharing life with them. That's what it means. He's sharing life. He's inviting them into life. He's inviting them into this, them into this communion. That's what that means. Um, it's not just symbolic. It's actual. Uh, and so, so, so it's it's not a reminder of, of just that we're shitty because we're not. To be honest with you, um, somehow, in some ways, it got interpreted that way, and we. But but really, it's. Communion is this invitation into into this intimate dance going on in the uh, in the divine. Um, this incredible outpouring of love, and uh, and and Jesus is is metaphorically trying to make that clear that that I am I am giving you life. I am bringing life. I'm inviting you into this. I'm inviting you into what I experience with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to be a part of this. And uh, I forget the verse, um, but, he, but he says, um, you're, you're going to go a different way than the world does. Than, and by the world, like meaning the system, the way that the, way that the system operates. Um, you're you're going you're gonna to be a different light. You're going to be a light, actually. You're going to go down a different path and you're going to reveal this to people. I want you, this is the, the gift that keeps on giving, in other words. What I'm inviting you into, I want you to invite others into. And, and this is then connects to um, John 15, when Jesus says to his disciples, John 15, 9, 
when he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So he's saying, I'm sharing with you how I've been loved. Connected with child and parents. Remain in my love. He says, hold into it. Be aware of it. Stay in the invitation. If you keep my commandments, which is always about love, you will remain in my love. It's a signal. If you hold on to that, you are in my love. You don't have to, you don't have to strive. You don't have to, you just be in it. Become greater, become more and more aware of it. And just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love, so He's teaching them, just do as I'm doing. I'm staying in the Father's love. I'm connecting with Him. I'm turning to Him. And, and the love that is being filled up with me, I'm pouring into it. I'm staying in this love, and I want you to stay in it with me. And He said, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I am doing this so that you will be satisfied and fulfilled, essentially. Um, that, that I'm giving to you this otherworldly joy and I want you to be satisfied. And, and so, and this is the verse that moves me is, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. The love that I am exemplifying here, the love that I'm radiating, I want you now to carry that to others. I want you to pour that into others. Wow, what an honor. And he says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. I'm emotional now. We, we can throw this term sacrifice around a lot, and I think it can get lost uh, in its meaning. Um, when we look at, at Jesus' death, we look at the sacrifice, but... But it's not just in his death, it's in the way he lived. That his life was a sacrifice. That his life was sharing this love, vulnerably exposing himself. Revealing, radiating this powerful, powerful, incredible presence. And, um, and so, and, and so what he's, what he's inviting the disciples into is to operate in this way. And that and that if you think about laying down life, sacrificing, um, it, it's not it doesn't come out of obligation. It comes out of this outpouring. What I've experienced, I can't keep that contained. <laughs> this is it's it's inevitable. I mean it's in it's reflexive. It's not a cognitive thing like, oh I gotta share, I gotta talk about Jesus. No, there's something very different happening. Is I wanna pour this out. I want to share this with you. And so and so there's risk in that. Because you're going to get angry with people and weep with people and fight for people and 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 challenge people and confront um why? Because you're inviting them into that love. I'm not talking about shaming or condemning or saying, you know, you're horrible and you're wrong and you're sinning and you, no 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 no. No, we're going we're going into this is a different path. This is this is speaking to the pain. This is speaking to the hurt. This is this is um, this is touching the the wounded areas, 
and loving on those wounded areas. And what happens when sometimes those areas are touched? Like, I mean, think about it. if any of you are listening to this and you have those wounds, like the reflex is to is to, is fight or flight, is to get the hell out of there, shut down, see ya, or it's to fight, it's to maim, it's to harm, it's to like, oh no, don't touch that, right? It comes from this place of of wanting to feel safe and secure. And that when love even touches those places as gentle and as tender as it may be, uh, you know, it can still... Um, it can still ignite in this person this need to close up, this need to put that wall up, this need. And um, that's not always the case. But when people are, are vulnerably operating in this way um, and sharing love, they they weep, they mourn because they want they don't want people to be disconnected. They don't want people to be distant. They don't want people to to be far away from God. No, quite the opposite. They're working overtime to share this love that they'll they'll do anything. They'll care for people in ways they've never been cared for. In ways that most society, the system, particularly maybe Christianity, um, won't love. The people that are ostracized, the people that are hated. We want to talk about. You want to talk about people that are really hated. Um, people like to think. Those that are really hated are, are people who are homosexual, which is which. Uh, sadly, the Christian Church has done that, and not just Christian, just Christian Church, but just people in general. But you want to know who's really hated, who people want to destroy, who people would want to annihilate on this earth: child molesters, pedophiles. So Jesus is actually. Um, uh, there's there's no caveat this I, uh, that you love one another that you lay down your life for people. There's no caveat except for these people. He's talking about for those that are the most despised and hated. That's oh man, and guess what? You're gonna maybe be hated for that because you're loving people that society demonizes and vilifies and thinks they're sick. But when you've encountered an unbelievable love, a, a transformative love, you are going to go into those places that are most despised. Why? Because that person is hurting. That person is trying to, to heal and repair themselves and they can't. And you're offering them something very different. And so, I might have strayed kind of far there, but, uh, but, but this... But this act of taking bread and wine, this is an invitation into that communion. This is why when Paul is saying you're being insensitive to communion, he's saying you're not getting it. Communion is it's actually partaking in the divine love. You're actually stepping into that. You're, you're aware of it. You're seeing that there's this love all around. You're moving so powerfully in that, that people are being healed emotionally, physically. Uh, there's this, this unbelievable connection happening. But because you're just kind of gluttonous about it and self-serving and, you know, and just stuffing yourself, you're missing it. You're missing it. That this, that communion is a, act of pouring into one another. And I want to take that even further because sure, you know, we, we've, um, it's, we tend to just kind of, um, uh, how do I say it? Maybe separate it or, or keep it 
into that little tight container of, okay, just bread and wine or bread and grape juice, however you take it. But I want to say, I want to challenge that I think communion is, t is having meals together. So this is what I mean for those that have held on for this long and, and don't maybe believe in God, that, that you don't realize that, that sharing meal together is a reflection of this divine love. Laughing together, crying together, having vulnerable conversation together. That when you're eating, it's representative more so of, of, of life and life given and life that is available and present. That food is just this mirroring of something greater. And so when you're eating around this symbolic life, um, there's, there's something happening. There's healing happening. There's, there's more intimacy. It's a very intimate moment. There's opportunity. People are staring face to face at each other. Maybe teasing, laughing, joking, or crying together, or getting angry. And, and having, you know, it brings about, think about it, like when you're having a meal together, if you sit across from each other, that's prime opportunity for intimate engagement. You're going to be looking at each other. It's, it's you know, there's some exposure there. And, and so, yeah, things are going to get stirred up, and that's a part of communion. That's a part of of getting to this place where nothing is hindered, nothing's getting in the way of divine love, of openness, of pouring in to one another, of, um, of, of sharing together. And so, um, and, and that, and when we walk in that way, when we step in that way, when we're aware of it, that I believe that there's, there's something very powerful and transformative happening. And so, um, so that's what Jesus is saying. Something new is going to change here. Take this bread. This is my body. Take this wine. This is my blood. This is life I'm giving you. I am inviting you into the divine dance. I'm inviting you into this flow of love, into this cosmic, otherworldly, um, uh, uh, um, incomprehensible love. And you are going to share this with people. You are going to vulnerably pour yourself, expose yourself to some to others, and care for them in ways they've never been cared for. And they're going to reject it because they're not used to that. I remember um, a client of mine. Uh, well, she's no longer a client, and uh, and very very anxious when she'd come into sessions. Like she would sit on the like far end of the couch from me, and would sit at the at the at the edge of the couch, ready to dart. I mean, talk about really not having relationships where she's felt safe and secure. So she, there'd be multiple times where she was ready to leave. Um, and because it was just too vulnerable, it was too exposing, but there'd be moments where I'd respond to her in ways. And she, she would look at me. It was one of my favorite things. She'd look at me and kind of head tilted, um, just totally perplexed. And she would say, who are you? And if you don't know what that means, what was happening is she, she never had a different response, a loving response. Someone that was, um, that was, that was sharing something else. Um, it was foreign to her. It was alien to her. And of course her response was confusion. Of course her response was, I don't get it. How come you're not like, like the men in my life that have treated me this way, that have hit me, that have, um, that have rejected me or women. I don't know. Um, and I, 
and I was offering something very different. But that's the thing is when you act in that way, when you're more vulnerable, when you spawn in, in, in ways that are foreign to people, they're going to reject it or they're going to drink it up depending on where their heart is and how open they are. And so, uh, so yeah, so, or you might get rejected violently. But but nonetheless is is there's it's I used to just be terrified of oh my god I have to go and share all this stuff but I think as I've encountered God in um, in unbelievable ways that I've become awakened to His presence His love um, this connection and everything that uh, yeah I get it now I don't want to keep that hidden um, what once seemed like cognitive. Um, just jabber, just, you know, just very, I don't know, um, just kind of fantastical, uh, language now has become a reality. So may you, everyone, and, and I like, I like the, the parting words that Rob Bell leaves, but, um, but I want to bless those that are listening that may you, one, see communion in a different light, that it is, uh, that is a reflection, and not just a reflection as, as as if it's just some statue, just something kind of um, uh, s- just static. No, it's it's a movement. Communion is a movement into this divine love, or out, or maybe not even into. It's an invitation into, but it's a movement in it um, that has that is in, has incredible healing, transformative properties. And so may you experience that divine love in greater ways and and that that overflows into those around you. Until next time.